Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. All right, today in this episode, we're recording this one uh, live for Ecom Tech, right? They are our hosts today, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, so thanks to the, the Future of E-Commerce for featuring this podcast episode at their event. Uh, I, I greatly appreciate it. I'm, I'm Kurt Elster. Some of you may know me as Tech Nasty, host of the, the unofficial Shopify podcast and Shopify uh, expert and enthusiast for many years. And I'm joined today by a a wonderful conversion copywriter named Liana Patch. Liana, thank you for joining us. I hear you're you're going to teach us today about uh, writing fixing writing better copy. I hope so. We'll we'll find out. You know, I think the more I repeat the same things over and over again, the more people seem to like finally get them. So you know, I'll around try, try the that time again. that you get sick of repeating yourself, the, that's when you'll start to make an impact. Yep. That's what I, I think we've all discovered the hard way about the internet. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, until then, it just feels like you're shouting into the void. Copywriting is one of those things that I don't think it's a fair shake because in developing websites that where our key metric is conversion rate, right, to, as a measure of how much traffic can we get to buy here, the thing that always makes the most impact, makes the biggest difference on a site is conversion or is, is copywriting is your product descriptions and your headlines and your messaging and your positioning. And yet that's the thing that like no one ever asked me about. No. Really? Yeah, they're always like, oh. oh, well, what app should I get? You know, people look for the, the silver bullet, the quick fix, when the core successful thing is the copy. Because the web is like 98% text, you know, and the rest is uh, spam emails, uh, right? And so... Copy, I don't think it's a fair shake, but I, you sounded surprised by it. Why do you think copywriting, what's the importance here? Why should we care? Okay, to me, like what could be a quicker fix than changing your copy? That's ignoring the work that goes on in the background to get to know your customers, figure out your messaging, you know, what's going to resonate with them. But like from the technical standpoint, copying and replacing, you know, copy pasting your new copy into the product page, so easy. It is. It's not a technical thing, but at the same, I think, you know, ultimately it's homework, right? You yeah. said, hey, you're like, you're, you're ignoring the back end of it or the, yeah, the, 
the 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 behind the scenes stuff, which is getting to know the customer, and like that's the important part. If you don't know who you're talking to, it's it's tough to to persuade them, right? And so getting to know your customer and understanding uh, their their pains and problems and what they hope to and the benefits they get out of your product, and then so like that's research, that's homework. Now I gotta go write the copy. Oh, that's homework too. I'm done with school. I did my time, man. I don't want to go back. And so I think that's the resistance to it, where it's like, hey, can I just get an app or, you know, maybe if we just, like, had better videos, you know. They want that quick fix. But you're right, it's not that tough. You know, I don't have to be technical to be able to change copy on my Shopify store. Yeah. I would also say, like, why does it feel like homework to uh, to do something that will absolutely move the needle for conversions and connect back to that, like, you know, our all hail our revenue numbers uh, metric. Well, and I think if it does feel like homework, you know, maybe you're doing something wrong. I think especially early on, people tend to try and they're like, well, this is professional writing, so I have to write professionally, mm. when really that does you a disservice. You should be writing, you know, in a, a natural, authentic voice, I think. You tell me. Yes, you are correct. It's so much easier to just write the way that we talk and it works better. Um, but I think especially if you grew up like in America being told that like a paragraph has five pieces and there's an intro sentence and three body copy sentences and a conclusion sentence and every sentence needs a, um, you know, a noun, a verb and a direct object like that does feel like homework. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So this is this is a a off color joke, but a um, a gentleman uh, named Michael Jammin, who is a, a screenwriter and who wrote on like oh, yeah. Hill and, and Beavis about it. it was very funny. He's great. Yeah, he uh, paraphrasing him, he'd say like, you know, what does a story have or what does a paragraph have? And you'd go, he's setting you up, and he'd go, oh, beginning, a middle, end. At which point, on he would yell, so does a piece of shit, because that's what you just wrote. Woof. Yeah, and <laughs> he's not wrong. Like that, <laughs> getting lost in like the technical definition of a paragraph is how you make soggy copy that doesn't convert. Yeah, and I would just hazard a guess that store owners, a lot of store owners don't have um, a lot of practice sitting down and just writing until they get to the good part and then cutting off the top. Oh. I'm still thinking about a piece of shit. And I don't think about <laughs> cutting off the top of a piece of shit, but like that could be it, you know? I really Pinch I off derailed that turn. There. <laughs> all right. So, well, all right. Well, let's return to that and make sure I do. But I, your title is conversion copywriter, correct? Yes. What is the difference between a copywriter? A direct response copywriter, which I think is what we would traditionally think of, at least in like the advertising world for this, and uh, conversion copywriter. Um, a copywriter sits down every time to reinvent the wheel and be creative, uh, and is just like casting wildly about. Um, a direct response copywriter is a douchebag, <laughs> and a conversion copywriter is using a qualitative user research to inform messaging and not start from a blank page. You know, I thought the your definition of copywriter was derisive, but then you got to direct response copywriter. <laughs> I know. I'm such an ass. And then, all right, so conversion copywriter. Walk me through that again. You said using, I, there were some fancy words in there that weren't debag. Qualitative user research. Ooh, uh, so that sounds important. Yes. So anywhere that you have an open-ended spot for your customers to give their feedback or their thoughts, that's going to be valuable intel. You know, your your reviews are obviously a great source of this. Your support chat requests, um, things that people say about you on social media, uh, questions they email the info at, 
email address with, like collect all of those into a big old spreadsheet, maybe sort them by where people are in the journey and then go through them. And especially with review mining, you start to see after a couple hundred uh, reviews, the same things coming up over and over again, the same way that people describe your products. Um, I just did this for a company that does period care and over and over the reviews were like, this is magic. This is wizardry. This is magic. This feels like magic. And I was like, well, there's the headline. <laughs> yeah. What could be better than your customers, your best customers writing the copy for you? How could anything be more effective than that? And so yeah. when you have, you know, starting out, it's harder. But once you've got the, those product reviews and those, those customer service um, logs, being able to go through that and pull out these key phrases over and over, wow. That is some powerful stuff. Yeah. Uh, are there any uh, tools you use to do that? Or is it just sit down and start reading through it with a highlighter? I, I probably should use tools. And I know that a, a few of my friends who are also conversion copywriters will do like, you know, word clouds and sentiment analysis um, and things like that. I kind of prefer to just let things come up. Um, I had a, a, an 11th grade teacher my 11th grade English teacher who was like, as you read, you'll start to see a set of hands pointing out the most important things. Um, and she would give us quizzes on 70 pages of reading that were like, what color were the pilgrims hats on page 17? And you're like, I don't, Stephanie, what? But that sort of trained me to like, keep an eye out for the, the things that are sticky. Um, and so when I'm going through reviews, I'll just like, you know, oh, I would never have described our product that way take that whole chunk in context, bold it, use that as the headline, call that out in the testimonial, whatever it is. Accidents happen. Maybe you installed an app and it messed up your theme or a store collaborator deleted product images by mistake. Common myth. Shopify is a backup that you can use when something goes wrong with your store. Untrue, they don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind to equip your Shopify store with automated backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nix and Movement Watches. It's even a Shopify Plus certified app. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Find it in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. I want to go back. You okay. had said, you said you would venture a guess that most store owners have not ever had to sit down and write until they get to the good part. What is, I, that's, sounds interesting. What does it mean? Um, I think, and, and nobody's immune to this, uh, but I think when you're sitting down to write, especially if it's something that matters to you and you have all your head trash in the way, and some of that head trash is like how we've been trained to write, it's just going to take either a set amount of time or a bunch of sentences before you actually get to what you're trying to say. And even I will sit down with a you know first draft and, and just type away and get annoyed and you have to leave it. You can't just delete it. You can't edit it. You leave it. Uh, and then ultimately I'll get to a point where I'm like, I'll type out, what am I trying to say, you know, or how would I say this to a five-year-old? Uh, and just like the shortest sentence, the simplest words, what are you trying to say? And if, if you can't say it, then like maybe your product sucks, but it probably doesn't. It's probably just the writing. I think there's, there's an advantage to attempting copy editing. My initial draft of trying to write something will always be uh, verbose and leaning academic. And I... I think it is a 
you, you see it and you go, well, this sounds smart. This is going to impress somebody. But then when you take it and like really try and chop it down to how can I say the same thing in the simplest, most direct way possible, suddenly that version you realize is actually way more effective. Mm -hmm. Isn't that typically the case? Yeah. And I also think, you know, we hear all the time, like, well, just take, take a break from it, come back and look at it with fresh eyes. And like, that's real. Uh, I'll write something and I'll come back to it a couple hours later and be like, oh, now I know how to say this better. Yeah, it sounds silly, but it keeps rattling around in your head. And also, like, resetting the context I, will also get you unstuck from the previous train of thought. And so you really are looking at it with a fresh perspective, even if you just walked away from it for an hour and came back. Yeah. And so that, I think there's a lot of value there, especially if you're, you know when you're getting frustrated and you're, you're banging your head against the wall. That's when it's time just like, all right, however far you got how far you got, walk away and come back to it. Yeah. We've touched on some... What are, I'm guessing are like common mistakes you see, but what, what are some of the, the easily fixable mistakes you see that, that drive you nuts? I'm having that moment where I'm like, I've said this so many times, it can't possibly be new. Yes, it can. The wee-wee problem. So if the you wee -wee read, problem. Yes, read through your copy and see how many times you say we, us, I, our. Um, oh, I call this I, Iria. Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, Why or it's just so like, gross? I, 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 I. And it's like, look, the reader doesn't care about you. They care about them. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we both go for toilet metaphors? <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. really, we're, we've been quite immature this episode, Diana. I'm happy about it. Uh, let's return to our, our basis selves and be who we were as kids. Okay, no. Uh, but it is such a, a an impactful change to make, right? Just going through your copy. You don't have to do any research. You don't have to, you know, to go down a rabbit hole of your user reviews. Um, just go through and circle, uh, hopefully with an erasable pen if you're doing this on your laptop. Uh, I, we, our, us, uh, you know, and then see if you can flip it into second person. And then when you flip it into second person, you will start to notice sentences that don't actually have an impact and can be cut or reworded, you know, uh, we believe that blah, blah, blah. You believe that? No, 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 no. <laughs> what do you want from this? You know, what are we trying to say to you? What are we trying to, what future are we trying to paint for you with a copy here? So you're right. When you say you believe suddenly <laughs> like, Oh, you believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're trying to Jedi mind trick them and it's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. What else you got for me? I'm okay. So we got the wee wee problem. I yes. Yes. It's really boring, but I think formatting is often a problem. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah. So like design should support copy. How do we make this easier to read? Um, there's so many usability studies on um, web text and email text and how to make that um, easier to skim. So use headers, use lists of bullet points, um, use big giant buttons and bolded links and not just like single uh, single word links that no one can tap on mobile. Um, so yeah, there's like usability and formatting stuff. Uh, I personally, and this might be the next question you were going to ask, but I personally like uh, a dash of humor here and there, depending on you know when it's appropriate. And a lot of brands ask me like, okay, sure, we'll use humor, but where? And I think a really great place to do that is when you know the reader is coming up with an objection or maybe like mm. has a question. And that's the perfect place for a little lighthearted parenthetical aside where it's like, we know you're wondering. Here's the thing. It doesn't have to be a ha-ha joke. It can just be sort of like a lighthearted like, we're hearing you, we listen, kind of thing. So I, it sounds like the answer to, should I be funny? Yes, but. Or is it yes and? <laughs> it's an improv well, joke. Well, yeah, I was going to say a little improv joke there. <laughs> so sorry. And now we're not yes anding, because I just, now I'm overthinking it. 
It's true. You negated me. Yeah, you really, we really just, uh, I dropped the ball on that one. I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. We can pick it back up. That's the beauty of improv. So should I be funny? Yes. But this seems like a th- All right. A lot of people aren't funny. And I suspect, my wife likes to say, most men think they're funny. Most men are not funny, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people think they're funny, but they're not. And then now we're going to add copywriting into the mix. This seems like it is just, you're setting yourself up for cringe. How Save me from myself. How do I keep from going wrong here, trying to be funny? Take copywriting back out of the mix. Because we already talked about it doesn't have to be this whole like separate thing that you put on a pedestal. It just has to be you talking to your customers, right? Um, I would I would suggest that most people who say that they're funny are less funny than they think. And there is uh, research to support that, actually. Um, but there's so many more people, much higher percentage of people who don't think they're funny who actually are. And so it's more about like examining your own sense of humor first or your brand's sense of humor, seeing where that overlaps with what your audience finds funny or relevant, and then like making jokes about those topics or referencing those shows or comedians or using those gifts. Yeah, sometimes like I see when referring to it in copywriting, when we say funny, it really just means, I think a lot of times it means you know, being authentic. It means people are using funny as a placeholder for like just more natural language. Yeah. Yeah. Or how people would talk conversationally. And so it's really easy. You're, you're right. You're copywriting. You're putting it on a pedestal. As soon as copywriting is involved, it's just so easy to overthink everything until you just get yourself so stuck. There's no hope. Yeah. I still do, too. Um, and I also like to tell people, you know, humor is not an on-off switch. Like, being funny is not a binary. It's a spectrum, right? So just getting away from that like corporate jargon over here and like moving into warmer, friendlier language. Then you get your little parenthetical aside. Then you get your like wink, wink, nudge, nudge humor. And then all the way over at this end, there's like cards against humanity making Holocaust jokes. And like, we don't all have to go that far. No one can. In fact, no one should. Yeah. Cards goes, they go hard uh, so for sure. Uh, pit Vipers is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, chubby Shorts. I think is a good one for humor. Mm-hmm. Like there's several brands that immediate when I think of like, are they have funny copywriting? There's there's several that come to mind. You mm-hmm. know, and for the most part, it's not like haha funny. It's more just like the fact that a brand is saying it immediately makes it novel and different. But if yep. like a person were saying the same things that these brands were, you wouldn't think twice about it. Right. It's yeah. It's not necessarily haha funny, but it's irreverent. It's weird. Um, And interestingly enough, uh, I just read this great book, which I happen to have next to me, um, which is talking about the culture of comedy, uh, especially in advertising. Yeah, right. Jeopardy guy wrote a Mm -hmm. funny book. Um, It's really interesting. Uh, And he theorizes that we've reached peak funny, right? Like everything (laughs) is as funny as it's going to get. We're just bombarded by funny ads and brands all the time. So I think there is now this rising resistance from brands because they don't want to like get into this already crowded tone space where chubbies and shinesty and uh, you know, cards are just like battling it out for who's the funniest, who has the weirdest promotions. So like there's resistance there and I get it. Well, you brought up, all right. So you've got this, you've got Ken Jennings book. Are there any other resources I should be looking at? Oh my God. Yes. Uh, I actually, and this is like, sounds like a plug, but it's not, I have a free um, reading list of all the books that I personally like and got use out of uh, about humor and comedy and the study of comedy and comedy and advertising and things like that, um, that I will happily send to listeners if they want, or to the hosts or to you or, you know, wherever it would be easiest for them to get that. 
But I think to return to your real question, um, the best resource is like self-examination. So like next time you laugh at something or next time you find an email really entertaining or, or just see a subject line in your inbox and you're like, Ooh, I'm going to open that. Like pause, ask why, you know, what is it? How can we bottle that and apply it to our brand in a way that feels authentic? A swipe file. I should start yeah. collecting the things that speak to me. And you know, we, we know everything is a remix, right? We're already mm -hmm. at peak funny and uh, good artist copy, great artist steal build that swipe file, and then once you take those things and, and translate them through you know, your, your own brand and vision and, and into your voice or like mix and match stuff, suddenly you have a unique work of art on the other mm -hmm. end of it. Mm -hmm. So I love having, and especially for when you're just like, you know you have to write that weekly email, but you're stuck. Oh, I love having that swipe file out there. Yeah, uh, and I think for me at least, um, having an ever-growing, ever-present swipe file, and for I think for most brands, it's going to do the same thing that that qualitative research mining will do, where if you get enough things, you'll start to see like, oh, I like brands that like make dad jokes, or I like brands that use funny CTA button copy. Uh, you'll start to notice the things that you're personally attracted to and that you feel like you want to apply to your own stuff. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? This is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Don't worry, Tom Cruise. This mission isn't impossible. Just use Zipify one-click upsell. Got mobile optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, plus built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt, K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Yeah, sometimes it could be as simple as the microcopy. Like, mm -hmm. it's just what is the, the label of this button? You know, what is this this headline? And that's, I think, like the real, the the lower, easier effort stuff where you, you can dip your toe into the water with it. I think it, it, sometimes if it's a really, uh, it, if you're really resistant to it, if it scares you, just try screwing around with emoji. I think yeah. that's like, yeah, that's the, the easy, the cheat mode to get into trying to add some authentic humor. Uh, yeah, a well-placed, well-crafted emoji. Yeah, that's actually kind of your, um, you're reminding me of another like mistake I could have mentioned, which is uh, just turning on Shopify or Klaviyo's default, uh, you know, or confirmation emails or like uh, footer copy or whatever it is and never looking at it again and never thinking of it as an opportunity to build the relationship with customers. And that's for me, that's something that has minimal effort and outsized ROI because when people, you know, look at that microcopier, they like read the unsubscribe language in your email footer. They're like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'll stick around. <laughs> like, oh, this is funny. Somebody paid attention to this. A human was here. And that's what we want. A human was here. A human that's, was here. Wow. I think like that's really the golden takeaway is that it needs to look like a human wrote this. I mean, sometimes you get this stuff that's so stilted. You're like, I think an AI did this. I think somewhere there's a JavaScript AI that just strung this together yeah. and we called it a day. Yeah. Measuring the efficacy of my copy. Is there any way to do that? How would I go about it? Obviously, it's easiest easiest um it's most cut and dried if you can do like a true a b test 
you know, so change nothing else on your product page. Uh, don't run this during a holiday, all the normal rules you would follow to do a test. Um, and then just change the copy and see if add to cart conversions increase or, you know, well, that's the only thing we could really measure, hopefully sales, but usually like clicks on that button, right? Um, but if you don't have significant enough traffic to do tests like that, or you don't have um, the team or the capability, uh, just make sure that your like lines of communication with customers are open. So maybe like a live chat on your site, like, hey, did you understand what we were telling you on this page? Did you like it? Did it make you laugh? Like rate your experience on our site as you're leaving in a non-creepy bathroom kind of way. You know, that like little thing that they have at airport bathrooms. How was it today? <laughs> like, I know I've never, I've seen that thing. And I'm like, you know, the, I like the intent here, but I'm not touching it. Exactly. It's just you're another thing to touch. In a bathroom. Not, <laughs> no, we're not friends. So yeah, I like the idea. You're right. For copy split testing really lends itself very well to testing copy. It's like one of the easiest things in the world to test. And part of my commitment to the importance of copywriting was uh, to prove its value to a, a brand, a large client. I wrote a humorous version of a, a best-selling bestseller's product description, and then we split tested it. And of course, you know the the longer humorous, better formatted one worked. Now, mm -hmm. do I know specifically what aspect of it worked? No, because I I made truly I made several changes here. This mm -hmm. is not ideal split testing, but it it worked. We had add to cart go up on that product, uh, and then when we did applied that same format to our top 10 bestsellers we watched in a split test revenue go up as well nice. so we knew like okay definitely there's there's something here and certainly your audience and their expectations are are going to be the judge here whether or not you think it's funny kind of doesn't matter does it it's what the audience thinks yeah and that's where you know going back to the beginning you, you got to do that qualitative research and you got to see what your your how your customers talk and what they say about you and that's you, you always got to go back to the research i think for effective copy yeah. And I feel like most store owners are paying attention and they are plugged in and they do know what customers need to hear. But for some reason, when they sit down to write, you know, it just they, that like wall comes down and they're like, I have to be a marketing person. Uh, yeah. And that's again, I, I blame the school system. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let, let that stuff go. Just write as soon as like just picture your one ideal customer that you love. That's like the VIP. You've got a relationship with them and write for them. Oh, suddenly I can see. It's like when you're picturing writing writing too many, you picture it as like you're giving a speech. And I think that's where yeah. a lot of the problem comes in. Joanna Wee calls it uh, your one reader. Your Just one write, reader. Yeah, one message, one reader, one promise, you know, one action that we ask them to do. Uh, Joanna Weeby, she is a, she's a good resource. Are there the best. others that come to mind? people that are in my mastermind, which was Joanna's original copywriter mastermind. Joel Kletke is a great teacher, writes occasional emails. Now he's running Case Study Buddy. Um, Jen Hayweiss wrote the book on customer research. Uh, it's called Finding the Right Message. I think it's on Amazon. Who else? Oh, Momoko Price. Uh, she is a very CRO, very data-driven copywriter. Um, she has a course, I think that's out on Conversion Excel. Uh, that's like super, super in-depth. Um, about how to write, how to message better using data. Tons, tons of great resources there. Where can we learn more about you? You have given us a wealth of information. That's that's good. Yeah, I tried. Um, I'm on Twitter at Punchline Copy. I'm at punchlinecopy.com too. You're a good follow. Like there's, <laughs> I could unfollow everybody, leave 10. You're in the 10. Oh, this is so nice to know. <laughs> 
I always say that when clients come to me through Twitter, it's like, okay, you've made it through the trial by fire. Like, you know, you know what you're, you know who I am. Yeah. You know what this is. (laughs) You know what you're signing up for. We're coming to the end of our time, our time together. Yeah. There's one key takeaway. What do you want people to do? When they, yeah, I, when I go to a conference, I like to write down, I don't want to take notes on everything someone said. I try to write down, these are my action items. And ideally from each talk, I have just one, one thing I should go do. What, tell them, tell them what they should write down on their to-do list. Liana says I have to. Start thinking about what's funny to me. That helps. Bill, I need to get better about my swipe file for sure. And I wish everyone would check their site for Wee Wee and Diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also those. Yeah. Also those as well. Leanna, thank you so much. This has been tremendously valuable. Uh, Leanna Patch, uh, the punchline, punchlinecopy.com is her site. Please check it out and do give her a follow on Twitter. You may or may not regret it. But if you're in the, <laughs> if you're in the latter camp, that's going to go pretty well for you. Yeah, this is great. Thanks, Kurt. Starting a business online has never been easier, but growing an e-commerce business is another story. With Privy, it's never been easier to grow your email and SMS lists, automate your email marketing, send on-brand newsletters and texts, and even send abandoned cart text messages, all in one app. Which means no more toggling back and forth, no more managing contacts across apps, just a powerful connection between Privy's email conversion and SMS tools that lets you manage the entire customer experience all in one place. Plus, you can try Privy out for free today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify and you can sign up for your free 15-day trial. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.